that would be a bit loud and a scary. A little bit. Boom. <laughs> good. Welcome back to our podcast where we try to cure the hiccups. It's good to be awake, isn't it? I love being awake and alive. Hello, yeah. Jake. Hello, James. How are you? What's up? What's I'm up? I'm fine. Praise Dionysus. Welcome. Praise him. Oh my god. Oh my god. What do you reckon he looks like? Dionysus. Or she. Oh, oh or no, I think it's a man. No, it's, it's him. Yeah. It's he. It's uh, he. Sorry. What I think Dionysus looks like. Yeah. Um... <laughs> I I don't know. There's so many like I don't know depictions of him in art. I don't have a solid idea of what he looks like in my head. There was a period of time where I inexplicably cast him as like, is it a what's the one where it's like goat feet and he plays the flute? Oh, that's like a pan, isn't it? No, pan flute. Yeah, pan flute. It's a pan, but he doesn't play a pan flute, does he? This character, this this creature. Oh, yeah, is this like a specific character or like a breed? It's like a type of creature. Yeah, it's like a centaur. Yeah, I think it's a pan. Uh, <laughs> fawn. Faunus? No. Because Mr. Tumnus was a fawn. I am thinking of Mr. Tumnus. Oh my god. You mean that guy with the... That guy. I don't know anymore. What do you think Dionysus looks like? Well, I played video games and I played Hades, which is a great 2D uh, little smash-em-up game. Yeah. I I feel like whoever designed this game is is just a really horny, horny gay guy. Because every character is like drawn as like a big titty, like... Like, anime hentai boy. Or oh. girl, actually. Okay. But, like, uh, so I think Dionysus and that is, like, just some sort of, like, drunk twink. <laughs> like, no. So that's what I imagine Dionysus as. A drunk twink. That's drunk fun. twink. Twink supremacy. Yeah. Because I'm definitely still a twink. Absolutely. I've heard mm. no one suggest otherwise. No one ever mentions you tragically clinging to this title at all. I talk about that when I'm sad and drunk. You, about your twinkness fading. No, my... Yes, this has gotten into something that I don't no, want no, to talk no, about. No, no, no. <laughs> it's great to see no, you I'm again. Prou- I'm proudly not a twink. What are you now? I have uh, ascended from the knee to label. Oh, wow. He's transcended? This, this... Let's not say that. <laughs> what? I'm saying transcended. Because it makes you sound trans. Transition. <laughs> no, I'm not transitioning. <laughs> not that I think that's a bad thing. So you're no longer a twink. Jesus. Now you're trans. This has spiraled into something that I didn't think this conversation would be. Transphobia. Mr. Tumnus is a fawn. Yeah. <laughs> How was your week? <laughs> Rated out of five. Out of five. Um, My week out of five. Let's give it... Uh, oh, dear. A 72 and a oh. half. Oh, um, okay. 72 and a half out of five stars. Uh, it's been okay. What's happened? I, last night, I got home at four o'clock in the morning because mm. um, of coolness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, what? It actually, that, what? I went to, uh, um, with a beautiful Canadian man mm. and a couple of other people, we went sort of like out and then ended up at a sports bar because the FA Cup was happening. I literally all Australia soccer soccer. So okay. I only remember that it was called the FA Cup because if you read it, it looks kind of like fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we went to this sports bar, and I'm pretty sure they sorted us into different rooms based on what team we were going for, so that there wouldn't be any fights, and so that people could be openly supportive of the teams they were into. Oh my god, which I thought was really sweet. No, you're that's just toxic. No, no, it's you're just surrounded by people that are into the same thing that you're sure. into. No, that's yeah. exciting. That's exciting. Oh, but yeah. I th- when you said to stop fights, well, that's what I've assumed. Yeah, but that's what they, they were very much. They were like, "What team are you going for?" And then I just said Liverpool because I'd oh, recently okay. been told by an Irish person that that was a team that was playing. I think it's actually pronounced Liverpool. 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 <laughs> um, yeah. So that happened. So that was a sweet time. Speaking of sports, sorry to interrupt, but yes. I was um, uh, waiting for a tram. I had my. I've got like a Lakers jacket that I wear because yes. I like the. Color. Colors. Um, <laughs> don't know anything about the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was sitting at the standing at the front of this like bar, waiting for a tram. And the owner of the bar, it wasn't open just yet. He he like popped his head out and he just sort of said, "How do you feel about how they went recently?" Oh. And I was sort of like, "What? Who? What?" He was like, 
yeah, Lakers. Was, and then we ended up having this conversation. I was like, oh, I actually don't care about sport. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, he was just sort of like, oh, good, because if you did, you'd be really upset about the Lakers. So apparently the Lakers are not doing well, Jake. Oh my God, poor Lakers. Poor Lakers. Oh, thank God you're buying their merchandise. Great. People should just be walking around wearing conversation pieces. Yeah. Let people in. I mean, that's what you do. Your shirts always say something. <laughs> they do. Yeah, now and then. You have sure. one that says, what is it? Camp? Yeah, um... Sloppy seconds, messy, sloppy. What is that one? Sloppy. Oh, eating out too sloppy. Eating seconds. out too sloppy seconds. That's, that's pretty I, controversial. That's because all I want to do is talk about the eating out franchise all we're the time. We're not doing that today. We're no, we're no, I know, no, but no. I'm just saying that's if you want to talk to Jake. <laughs> Chances <laughs> are, ask about eating out. Just ask, and he'll talk for a while. The franchise. Yeah. Yes. Of course. Your week otherwise, continue. oh, I'd say uh, otherwise to round out my my week summary. I would say I, I accidentally had this like black and white film festival, <laughs> which was just two movies. So I saw Frances Ha, I finally watched, like that, that Greta Gerwig, Noah Baumbach movie. No. Um, it was really great. It was fantastic. It's just like, uh, what is it? So it's like, you just got like, Greta Gerwig and she has like a good female friend and their friendships sort of falls apart a bit. And it's just kind of like her dicking around New York city, dealing with being 27 years old and a right. dancer, you know, but it was, yeah, it was wonderful. And in black and white. And then like the next day I've accidentally watched like another black and white movie, but like at the other end of my passion spectrum. Like, is this in the cinema or at home? Oh no, it's just like okay. me in my bedroom. Yep. And yeah, I just, for a while I'd been intending to watch this movie called I love you daddy. Ugh. <laughs> So it's a Louis C.K. movie, and it was scheduled to be released around the time that he got accused of all the things he got accused of. Mm. And so for that reason, they kind of like quashed any of the enthusiasm with which they promoted the movie. Because the content of the film is lit. I could not get through. I think I got maybe half an hour in and it was unbearable. Sure. Um, Because the premise of it seems to be it's Louis C.K. playing this like rich like TV writer or something and he's got this daughter played by Chloe Grace Moretz I don't know who anyone is God I cannot stand Chloe Grace Moretz she is just like she's just thick hair and lip muscles I can't I cannot stand her so she's sounding like a great movie oh my god and so she's just walking around being this entitled girl that requests things from her rich father and then there's this like scene where um, sort of like Rose Byrne invites the two of them to this party where fancy people are going to be and one of the people there is this like older like person, this older man who's meant to be kind of like a Roman Polanski, oh, Woody Allen no. kind of situation, and it's like everyone's like, he's a pedophile. Haven't you heard he's a pedophile? But then there's this scene in the garden where the pedophile man is talking to Chloe Grace Moretz, and he's like, I, I think you're great, and if I heard rumors about you being bad, I wouldn't believe them because I've met you today and you seem great. And the writing what? in this movie was unforgivable. It like, was. Like, is it trying to be like? Pedophiles aren't so bad. I don't know where it was going. It se- it really seemed as if it was Louis C.K. trying to do his own version of Manhattan, which is that one where Woody Allen plays this like forty-five-year-old oh, yeah. man who's like dating this seventeen-year-old girl, and the plot. I haven't seen it, but it seems like the plot of it is the seventeen-year-old girl being like, "Fuck, I love you so much. Yeah, you are so hot, <laughs> and yeah. you're so interesting." And he's like, "Oh, come on, <laughs> yeah, I'm just a little guy. Come on, get back up. I, I've got my oh. Woody Allen life to live. Leave I've me got alone. big glasses, I think. Yeah, ah. yeah. No, so it was. I could not get through it. And yeah, yeah. No, and also, awful. Chloe Grace Moretz is in a similar ballpark for me with, like, Jennifer Lawrence. I just cannot watch them do anything. Oh my god, Jennifer Lawrence, I can't, yeah, look, we can't get into this because I know a lot of people love Jennifer Lawrence, but fuck, she annoys me. But she Jesus. falls down all the time, Jenny. Oh, that's the thing! It's like, <laughs> I just can't, that Lucy K film, putting a black and white filter over that to make it seem arty, <laughs> seems so lame. Sure. 
Sure. I think it, 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 like, it worked in France's half for the reasons that it worked. But I think it was just additionally reprehensible, obviously, just like contextually, because as with the way that Manhattan kind of did, and people obviously talk about the way that the media shapes our perspective on things, and that's why when we look back on stuff, this is such a pedestrian thing to say. Too fast. But you look, too fast. Too fast. <laughs> too fast. But like you look back on stuff and you see the things that used to be normal and used to be part of just like the zeitgeist and our collective opinions about things, and you really see the way that the stories, which is, again, why stories are so important, mm. like the stories that we tell and we show people what's okay and what we think about things and the way that reality can be, you know, and that's how we internalize the idea of how the world should function. But yeah, the idea of people using, as Woody Allen potentially did, not that I, I don't know their intentions, but like you look at patterns, it's like the way that Woody Allen seems to have tried to normalize the idea of a 17 year old girl humping mm. an old man, mm. and then Louis C.K. is trying to instigate this conversation surrounding like the, the gray areas of consent and, and yeah. you know, sexual misconduct through cinema. And I don't know, it's just like a very strange genre of film, this like predator normalization narrative. I'm surprised the film came out at all. Well, it barely did. That's yeah. why no one's heard of it. Because. I love you, Daddy. I love like, you, what Daddy. What a disgusting <laughs> name for a movie. Like, yeah. that's gay porn. That's a gay porn movie. <laughs> I wish. Oh, oh. <laughs> um, my week. Thanks for asking. Um, <laughs> did, did you have anything important about your week? Did you want to add up? Uh, I think that was the crux of it. Because you said 72 and a half, right? I did. But yes, yes. <laughs> no, I think that's fine. I'll chime in if I think of anything that I missed. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> looking forward to it. Um, is it looking forward to it or looking forwards to it? Looking forward to it. Because when would you say forwards? Because I've heard people say like, looking forwards to it. Um, I think you should stop talking to those people. Okay. Because you become a combination of the five people you hang around with the most, and if some of them don't know how to speak English, it could wear away at your already flimsy grasp <laughs> on the English vernacular. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I know words. Yeah. I know lots of words I can read. <laughs> I love to read. <laughs> what have you read? What have you read? What was that? <laughs> you sent me that clip from um, the Wendy show? The Wendy Williams show? Oh, yeah. And it's like, <laughs> what's she saying? When she's accusing someone, she doesn't think Suzanne's read a book. <laughs> <laughs> what have you read? What have you read? <laughs> Good. And Suzanne gets really defensive. She can't, she can't name a book. Oh my god! I want Suzanne's job so bad. She just like stands on the side, chews gum really obnoxiously, and just gets buffeted by insults from Wendy Williams. That's what you do most of the time, anyway. Except the insults are from everyone else. Just the general public hurling yeah. abuse at me. Yuck! <laughs> Shut up! I'm doing my best. Chewing my gum. <laughs> okay, so my yeah, week. Your week. How's your week been? Oh, Jake, thank you for asking. No uh, it's been on and off. It's been up and down. Uh, so it's, it's been a bit of a roller coaster, actually, this week. Oh, great. Because what did I do? I hung. I, so Monday, I saw Doctor Strange <laughs> yeah, this where? week. On the bus? Yeah. <gasps> what was he wearing? His weird cape thing and yes. his strange third eye he apparently has. Oh. So I saw Doctor Strange's Multiverse of Madness. Mm. Weird movie. Okay. We, I, I'm, I'm a self-professed Marvel fanatic. I love the movies. Mm-hmm. I, I love it all. I'm... I'm not a huge comic book fan, but I, I, I watch all the videos that break them down because I'm a nerd. And you can't read. When I can't read and I need someone to talk about me. <laughs> um, so I, I, I went and saw that movie. Mm-hmm. Sam Raimi has not moved on since the 2000s. Sam Raimi, the director who directed the original Spider-Man movies with Tony McGuire. Okay. Uh, so it's still very much that sort of like early 2000s shots. Mm. The dialogue was fucking abysmal. It was just all strange. Oh. Uh, but I still had a good time because it's just it was just a lot of fun crossover shit. So that was fun. Okay. Um, and I won't get into that because this is not what we talk about on the show. No. But if we're talking multiverses, did you mm. prefer everything everywhere all at once? I preferred everything everywhere all at once. Oh, absolutely. I still think that's a far superior movie in many ways to most movies. It's my favourite movie. And my second favourite multiverse movie is Spider-Man No Way Home. Okay. And so for Multiverse of Madness to not be in my top two multiverse movies mm-hmm. is a real shame to the multiverse <laughs> movie. 
you know? Again, as you just said, this is not a multiverse podcast yet. Do you have a clear understanding? And you're welcome to just say no. Go on. A clear understanding as to why... Like, I get the whole thing of, like, different choices get made. There's a different version of you out there. Yep. Lots of different types. Yep. Every time something happens that doesn't happen. Yep. Um, I don't understand why a decision creates another universe. Like the because So, so th- different movies and different... Mm. Shows have their different interpretations of what the multiverse is. Yeah. So in everything, everywhere, all at once, it is very much like your choices change what happens in the universe. But so I like, think the the part that confuses me is like the decisions that I make. I was never going to make the other decision. What do That's you mean? why I made this decision. Yes. Like it's not as if like it's even like when they use the coin flip analogy. It's like no, the moment that you flip the coin, it's determined which side of the coin is going to land on. Yeah. It's not as if it comes up heads and tails in different universes because the physics determines. Which side it lands on. Yeah, the way I think about it is... If the multiverses exist, every single universe in that multiverse, you could go to the next one over, and it would be... In my head, this is how I think about it. Mm -hmm. That universe would be exactly the same atom for atom as this universe, except for one atom. Okay. That is slightly different. So if you take that logic, Mm -hmm. and you cycle through the infinite amount of universes out there... Mm -hmm you will eventually get to one where the atomic structure of that coin and yeah. hand is different in such a way mm. that the flip lands the other way up. Oh, okay. So I'm just realizing, okay, so these universes, they exist from the initial starting point of view. Exactly. Universe. Oh, they're well, not born at the juncture of well, the decisions. that's the thing. In everything, everywhere, all at once, it oh. seems to be that they are very much... The, 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 it's, it's a bit more of a leeway with you. the choices change what happens and it's all about your fate and your destiny and what you mm. want to do and that's what determines how the universe happens but that goes all the way back to everyone. Yeah. In Marvel, it seems to be, and what I think a multiverse would be, is, is very much that sort of atomic structure where every single iteration of a universe exists simply because it has to. Oh, so like at the Big Bang, yes. a bunch of universes were created at once. Yeah, whatever that was, all these universes burst into existence at the same time. Right, okay, yep. that yep. makes more sense And then me. there's also the logic where for this universe to exist, every other universe has to exist from this universe's perspective, you know? Sure. Like the number infinite isn't enough to describe just how many of these multiverses are, which is why you can sort of like <laughs> have a bunch of fan-favorite characters brought into a uh, scene and and... Have some fun with them and do away with them, I suppose. So the multiverse is why Tobey Maguire is in movies again. Exactly. <laughs> Anywho, so my mm. week, um, found out Flynn has COVID. So Flynn all... Wait, who are you talking about? My is boyfriend, Flynn. Your boyfriend, Flynn. <laughs> James Jesus. has a boyfriend. Tell I... the newspapers. Okay, so it's our anniversary next week. Your anniversary of what? Of our first date. Your first date? Yes. Oh, great. Where did you go? For our first date? Yes. Uh, we went to... Um, <laughs> Not oh. to pry. <laughs> go on. So defensive. Well, I was, we went to um, fucking Labour in Vain. Tyranny of Distance? Tyranny of Distance! Oh, okay. It was very nerve-wracking. We went in. It was a good time. And the rest is history. Oh! <laughs> Great. So he's got COVID. He's so got COVID. It's the end of your story, That's I the suppose. end of my story. No, he got COVID. I <laughs> oh, so to... I meant your romantic story. Romantic story, Because yeah, he will yeah. be claimed by this. <laughs> yes, COVID's going to take him. He's a weak little body. No, he's actually got a very strong body, stupid bastard. So I had to like take two days off to get PCR tested and make sure I don't have COVID. I don't have COVID. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. How many stars? Oh, Jesus. Um, fuck. I'm going to say like... 100. 100 stars. 100 stars. Is that the name of a Natalie Bessingthwaite album? Or is that a thousand stars? I think it's some number of stars. It's a number of stars. 100 stars. Okay, great. A million... One trillion stars. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Evil. Do you want to we'll talk about theatre now? Let's. Okay. Hi, Jake. Hello, James. Do you know any girls? Do I know any girls? 
Um, let me think. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, I know girls. Do you know any girls from the country? Which one? Any country. Oh, you mean like the rural country? Yeah, the country. Um, Taylor is pretty country. I know some people. Do you yeah. know any girls from the North Country, Jay? I, uh, yes. I have a pal from North Queensland. That counts. Yeah? Well, then that answers all my questions. Apparently, can... if you asked for craft beers in North Queensland, they laugh at you. <laughs> like you're yeah, some city slicker. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> Queensland doesn't seem like the place we should go. I'm scared of crocodiles. I'm scared of being gay bashed. Great. <laughs> so, two reasons not to go to Queensland. If we got a homophobic crocodile, if we'd be ruined. Queensland <laughs> listeners, I think just a crocodile would do, Jake. <laughs> I think. Us, no, us no, nobody yells faggot first. <laughs> oh! Are we going to need to bleep faggot? Crocodiles are so scary. No, I don't think we're bleeping that. I think if we say it out of context, it's oh, a bit okay, clunky right. and weird. Chump, chump, you fucks. All right. <laughs> That's a gay crocodile. Yeah. Oh, is, is it coming An to An alligator. Is crocodile jumps towards us and the alligator chomps him aside like oh, when the Meg attacks the other Meg oh great scene oh, oh my god, god. I guess that Meg's already that Meg's dead. dead but that's a great scene he's just like in the ocean laughing and then chomp oh my god not to spoil the Meg one of the best movies ever made but mm. the moment that they're like oh my god there's a second Meg it's that's, a game changer but that's such a <laughs> cop out like wait there's a bigger one what do you mean a cop out it's, it's a Perfect storytelling. Because I don't watch those movies. I don't like those sort of movies. But I love watching like the 10, 10 selected horror scenes from that movie on sure. YouTube. Oh, good. So I've seen the horrible bits of that movie. You really like the media bite-sized. I do. Like, you like I sizzle want reels. Consumable. I don't yeah, want yeah, I don't yeah. want to have to sit down and watch it. Yeah. I love the opening with the little girl running around at that little station. Oh, my God. Chart when she's looking out the window at and her. it just like emerges from oh, the darkness of the sea. Oh, <laughs> oh, my God. But yeah, oh, my God. That movie's so fucking good. Just in the mm. way that like it keeps doing stuff. Like you think it's kind of like wrapping up and then you get moments like, oh my God, there's two Megs. Is Ruby Rose going to survive this one? Mm. And then there's the part where the shark goes to like the beach with all the tourists. Oh my God, all the tourists <laughs> in their like, little yes! floaties. If I were writing a shark movie, I'd absolutely have this child scene. And the fat child. No, but uh. you're absolutely rooting for it to happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you seem annoying. Because he's like eating an ice cream cone in the water and it's like, you've got shark. too much. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Your you last two taken away. Yes, you need to be punished. <laughs> so go from the North Country. <laughs> <laughs> no Megs in this, I'm afraid. Not much exciting in this show. Oh, God. Okay, Girl wanna, from the North Country. Girl from the North Country. It is, a, is it a girl from the North Country? Uh, is I think that it's what it's the called? girl from the North the Country. Girl. Okay, great. <laughs> Didn't care. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I'm going to go in and say, cast, phenomenal. I mean, it's got Lisa McCune. Lisa McCune? Lisa McCune was in it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Why and, did um, no one tell me that? <laughs> because I don't think anyone cares about you. Uh, no. <laughs> Why was no one coming to me directly? <laughs> um, no, because I would have been more interested in seeing this if Lisa I knew McCune. Lisa, McCune Lisa McCune was in it. Lisa McCune was the, the prodigy... Pro, pro, I don't know if she was... I'll get into it. Okay. Um, and Grant Pyro was also in this, who I love. Second time I've seen Grant Pyro play a reverend. I've also right. seen, saw him in Hand to God. Okay. At, um... The National Theatre? National Theatre. Okay. Um, and it's all like a puppet show about like this evil sock puppet that possesses the, the people using it. Very funny show. Okay. Great show and Grant, mm. Grant was great in that. Mm-hmm. And he was great in this. And right. so was Lisa McKinley. Like the entire cast is phenomenal. And yeah. the band, it's one of those shows where band is fully on stage and a lot of the cast members play instruments mm-hmm. in the band. Yeah. So like from that point of view, phenomenal. Yeah. Love. Like I feel and I... I, I I'm not a Bob Dylan fan, and this is a jukebox musical based off of Bob Dylan's music. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's directed by Connor McPherson. I wish I was a Bob Dylan fan. I really wish I was. Because by the end of the show, there were people around me in tears. Like, oh. there were people, like, really genuinely moved, mm-hmm. really clearly loving it and enjoying it. Like, they all had a great time. Mm. I just did not enjoy this show. 
the writing. I'm so sorry. I'm so I can't do it. Oh god. I right, can't so music do it. wise, what percentage of the songs were you familiar with? Like one of them. Oh god. This is the thing. Okay. I, I, and this is entirely on me. Mm. Um, I just am not familiar with Bob Dylan's music. I just yeah. went to see it. Um, well, a couple of people have said that there's a surprising lack of like his better known songs in it. Well, I was like, I, well, I feel, I thought I would recognize one or two of them. There was um fucking um Rolling Stone. Okay. Rolling Stone was in it. And I, Is that? Baba was Ro- a rolling stone. No, no. Um, like a rolling stone. Oh. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> tell me, how does it feel? That oh, one. Okay. Sure. Sure. <laughs> so where do I start? <laughs> I was just hoping it was the song from the end of Eulogy. But it's not... We've spoken about jukebox musicals on this podcast a few times. Mm-hmm. I do not like them as a general rule. Apart from Jagged Little Pill being Jagged fantastic. Little Pill... That's it's an exception to the rule. Exception to the rule where the... Now, here's the difference. Mm. Mostly, it still had this problem, but uh. mostly Jagged Little Pill, the plot made sense and the songs made sense in the plot. Okay. Like, they all married up nicely. This was, mm. like, eight or nine mm. separate plots. Ooh. Like, tr- like, fighting each other on stage to have the time to get these songs into the show, oh. which then didn't even really make much sense anyway. Oh. <laughs> and none of the plots were fleshed out enough for me to remember, A, any of the characters' names. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is a show set in, like, Missouri, I think, during the Great Depression. Mm-hmm. Now, you know my opinions on small American towns. You loathe them. Fuck, they're annoying. As a setting. As a setting. Yes, <laughs> as a setting. Don't, but, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and to take that concept and set it in the Great Depression yeah. is of no interest to me. But it's an infamously upbeat time. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Yes, we're in for fun. Um, but it was one of those shows where like, you're this guy who's come into town and you're a stranger. We don't know. And also you're two people that have come into town with a son that's sort of like Lenny from Of Mice and Men. I guess that's your thing. And also you're a reverend that's come into town with this guy who's trying to blackmail this person for this reason. And you're the doctor who's narrating the story. I suppose it was just a... Oh. Lot of and that was like less than half of the storylines going oh, on. God, too oh. many. Too it's many. the Titanic problem. It's the, I have not seen Titanic. Titanic the musical. There's just too oh. many people introduced towards the start, and then it's like, who are these people? Sure. And then that guy doing the little dit 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 is great, but everyone else is like, I'm sorry, were you sisters? I can't remember. And then they all die. <laughs> this is the thing, and everyone had some sort of relation to each other, mm. and you had to sort of keep. It was like it was like watching a really really boring version of Game of Thrones political intrigue. It was okay. like. I need to keep track of you are sleeping with this person and you yeah. know that this person and there was this weird moment where like one character whose name I don't remember or care about he's the son of like I guess the main character who was like also so the main character I, I suppose is this man who owns a bar during the Great Depression but it's mm. not doing so well and there's a woman who lives in the attic that he sort of is having an affair with because his wife is mentally unwell and I think she's meant to be the girl from the North Country there were like several girls that could have been from the oh, North so Country oh so it's the cursed child it's the situation. cursed child effect Who who's is? the cursed child <laughs> who's I don't the girl from the know. North Country no, I don't know I guess it's meant to be her because she seems to have sort of like the biggest arc wait 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 so is the uh, North Country the attic the North Country tell me <laughs> tell me yeah Oh, so man, is the man is man he the protagonist or there isn't one? It's the, that it's, much it's, of an ensemble. It's that much of an ensemble, oh, but wow. it's sort of presented as he's like the linchpin. They all sort of hang. They all sort of relate to because he runs the pub where they all sort of come to at some point. Great setting for a musical Great number. Se- this was the sort of musical. I'll get. I'll get back <laughs> to the plot. This was the sort of musical where mm. they'd be like. It felt like a, it was an incredible naturalist play. Like it was a naturalist piece. Like okay. everything was very 
we are in the kitchen. You need to have real water. Here's the real chicken stew. It was all of this. Oh my god. They, they had, had real stew? Real. Well, they had something in the slop that looked like chicken stew. Oh my god. Yeah, like it was, and it was, and inc- like the acting was incredible. Like the monologues, the scenes, they all had incredible bits. Like the chemistry between the actors was great. And then all of this would be interrupted by. It is time for us to now turn to a microphone oh. and sing this Bob Dylan song in a semicircle. Every time it would be like one guy comes up to a microphone and then this like six women would circle around this other microphone and mm. they would just sing a boring song. Oh. Sort of like evoked by the emotion of the story being told. I suppose it was meant to be. Okay. Didn't feel like it. And, the, and the, the songs themselves wouldn't progress the plot at all. It would just be like an expression of an energy. They expression of an energy. I think there was like one or... No, I can't think of one time that it actually progressed the plot. It was always like, I'm a man and I'm here in the country. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> cool. <laughs> what a, like, I say more than half of the time, more than half the songs were just people standing around microphones. Mm-hmm. And that just irked me so much. I was like, choreograph something. <laughs> Do something. Sure. Like, the, like, there was one time two microphones were on stage. Ooh. And the, this, like, lead, one of the lead, one of the lead characters, I can't remember his name. Mm. Don't know who he was. He sings, like, I'm singing this song. And then he, like, dances across the stage to stand in front of the other microphone and Ooh, sing there. Like, yeah. Fuck. Come on. Keeps you guessing, though. Jesus. <laughs> um, there were, like, maybe three numbers that I was like, oh, it is a musical. Oh. Like, Rolling Stone was one of them. Lisa McCune, like, sort of rocking out with her sunnies to Le- Rolling Stone was a wonderful bit. Great. The opening of Act 2. This is what I was going to talk about. The opening of Act 2 and, like, there was another number, another scene this isn't a musical number, a scene mm. where all the cast is on stage and they're all in the bar and they're all having like, it's like a Thanksgiving or a Christmas lunch and they're all talking and having a fun time and it's it was watching, it was like, where has this energy been the entire time? <laughs> you have an entire cast to work with. Yeah. And they were all like there and it was just so clear that they were all so wonderful, perform- such wonderful performers. Mm. But then again, it just stopped for them to sing this boring song. Mm. Which people seemed to like, but I was just like, I would rather see this as a play. Yeah, right. Like, I want to cut out the Bob Dylan part of it entirely. Okay. Um, because then it would have given all the characters time to flesh out and I would actually care about them. Yeah. Oh, I'm getting angry. Okay. Sure, no, that makes sense. No, that sounds frustrating. It was really frustrating. Yeah. And, and every character... Oh my god. Every character had a vicious secret they were keeping. Ooh! Yeah, it was one of the, <laughs> but it was one of those secrets where they would... Rather than sort of alluding to it through the narrative, mm. they would just mention that they had a big secret and then not talk about it. That's dramatic tension. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Three times I think it happened. Like, one person was... she I can't remember the lines. I can't remember what she said. But it was something to the effect of, Oh, but my baby, if I... No, I can't tell you that. <laughs> and that was it. And then we, was all like, we all just were like, Oh, now we know that she has something weird with her baby. <laughs> okay. And another one where he was sort of like... If I told you about... No, I can't. So it's just like every single one of them was just sort of like talking about their vicious secrets for so long. Oh my. And then at the end of the musical, it was sort of like, and my secret was this all along. (laughs) Oh. Okay. My baby was a sheep from the (laughs) get-go. I haven't even... Mm. I haven't even been able to talk about half the characters because... um, Oh, Jesus. I hated this show. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. No, don't be sorry. I hated the writing. Mm. I hated the writing. What did you think of the... Because literally all I've experienced of this show Mm. was the performance... I forget her name, but I think either the show or she... I think she won an Olivier Award for her performance and she sings Tight Connection to My Heart. I don't know what that song is. I was only brought to... It was only a thing that I became aware of because I've just watched every piece of footage of Andrew Scott on the internet and he recommended to Simon Stevens that he check out this version of Tight Connection to My Heart, sung by this woman, 
But you, this, this did not leave an imprint upon you. No, there was not a single song that left an imprint. The only two oh, that God. did were the ones that felt like musical numbers. Like like yeah. Rolling Stone. Only because, and this is another thing, it was so dark. Mm-hmm. Quack, quack. Quack, quack. Thank you. <laughs> so darkly lit. Like, every scene, it was sort of like you were struggling to see. And then every, like, I think three songs they raised the lights for the mm. musical number. And it was like, oh my God, my eyes, I can't see anymore. It was to the point where I was like, I can't tell who's who. Mm. And then at the end, oh, oh, just this is what I mean by it should have been a play. It just ends with the four of them, I guess the main family, around a table just eating and like the lights slowly fading as they just, you can just hear the spoons and the forks scrape on the plates as they're eating. Mm-hmm. Really powerful, beautiful moment having watched the play. Yeah. But then at the end, they all come on to do their bows. And there were like five people that I don't, remember <laughs> do having anything to do I don't remember them seeing doing anything individual I don't remember them having a moment I don't remember them doing a single thing oh. like if you could pick any artist mm. to have a jukebox musical that doesn't currently what would it be who would it, who would it be <laughs> with with the knowledge that their songs would then have to be transcribed into a coherent story right that doesn't take a thousand different people to tell. Sure. Well, instead of thinking of a good, smart answer, yep. I will say something that's popped... It's sort of like, almost like every two years, something pops into my head and it's like, they should get a jukebox musical. Mm. I think a Maroon 5 jukebox musical <laughs> could really take the world by storm. Oh, yeah. Be- you know, because they're like, they're obviously, they're mainstream, but they obviously, no one really takes them very seriously, but they're not quite a joke yet. Yeah. But I think it could really elevate what they've done because I think... Adam Levine's voice does great on some people, mm. but if you put his like their songs in the mouths of musical theatre people and you get someone to cleverly arrange the music, mm. I think you could take people on an interesting journey. That's such a good answer. And they do have a lot of songs. You could pull a lot from that. There's so lot many to work songs, with. and a lot of them aren't bad. Yeah, no, <laughs> you know? no, I like Maroon Five. Yeah, if I'm in the right headspace, I can listen to just Maroon Five for like an afternoon. That is weird. It is weird. Okay, yeah, okay, that's a good answer. Thank you. What's your answer? Uh, my answer, I can't believe I didn't have an answer prepared for this because I knew I was going to ask this question. I would want to see, like, I think I'm coloured by the fact that My Chemical Romance just released a new song mm-hmm. out of nowhere. Sure. And nobody is coping, including me. Of course. Um, I think a My Chemical Romance musical mm-hmm. would rock. Sure. <laughs> and also, like, they've got, like, like they think um, they've got stories. Like, they've got, like, stories already built into the songs that you can weave very easily into a, sh- a show. How would it, just because I'm not super well versed in the emo world, mm. um, how do you, what are integral ways that it would differ, this imaginary jukebox musical yep. from American Idiot? Th- then that did pop into my head. I think they're different styles of music. Like, the, mm-hmm. the, the Green Day is more punk. Okay. Um, and I think, in my head... Mm-hmm. There are, it's elevated with strings, Jake. Ooh. I can see strings. I can see really beautiful elevated versions of the songs. Um, and I think, em, like, the e- you'd bring in the emo dollar. I actually now thinking about that, think that would be great. Sure. They should do that. I'd go to that. I'd go to that. Okay. Let's go to that together. All right. All right. Yeah. Um, do I have anything else to say about the girl from the North Country? I'm really sorry, anyone, if anyone's listening who liked that show. And like I say, I wish... I really wish I was a Bob Dylan fan because then I really th- I could have enjoyed this. That's show the thing. It sounds like more. it was really for Bob Dylan fans, and and they fucking loved it. Like people are screaming about the show, and I'm really glad that it's getting the praise that it because obviously warrants. That's good. It's a shame that it didn't put you in, which I feel like is sometimes. Ugh, I don't know. I guess some people people's opinion would be 
jukebox musicals are a really great access point for mm. people to, to find the music of an artist that they're not that, that familiar with. Yeah. Like Jersey Boys certainly did that for me in terms of making me more familiar with the work of a group of people that I didn't even realise existed. And Jagged Little Bill did that for me with Alanis Morissette. I never sure. listened to much of her music. Yeah. So it's it's just, no, it didn't click for me like that. Right. I think you would have, I think it would have clicked, for, you would have enjoyed it. Are you a Bob Dylan fan? No, I don't think so. No, I think you would have enjoyed it more though because you're, you're more drawn to that sort of wistful romantic experience that I think this story does there's elements of it in the myriad of stories sure that it does do quite well and mm-hmm. I think I think you could have clicked with that a bit more I don't I don't know okay um I'm just yeah, sad people sitting in a poorly lit bar sounds like heaven to me exactly so. exactly it's, it's yeah. very that vibe cast members a plus go from the North country if if you want to see Lisa McCune Lisa McCune <laughs> Sushi Trout. (laughs) (laughs) Just so everyone knows what just happened, I hit the record button. James frantically tried to say Sushi Train. Accidentally said Sushi Trub. Because I was going to say Sushi Hub as well. Oh no. James, hi. Hello. Hi, Jake. How's it going? So good. Thank you for asking. Um, We saw a show, Finn and Lockie, a show show about about me. me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. By Finn and Lockie. Yes. Presumably. Mm-hmm. I yeah. assume so too. Yeah. Um, what was your experience like? Paint me a picture. Well, the reason I said the word sushi trub. Oh, that's right. Yes. Was because beforehand we had to get some sushi train at the sushi hub, which is why I said sushi trub. Sushi trub. Combination of the two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sat down at the sushi train. Yes. And had sushi. Uh-huh. I love a sushi train. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just need to get this off my chest. No, that's fine. I was assuming that you would have a story about this, given that you started talking so enthusiastically. No, I genuinely no. don't. I just you love just want sushi train so much. Um, right. I went to that sushi train all the time when I was at break at work, and I used to work at the at the theatres. Sure. And we'd go to that sushi train, yep. sit down, have like a 15 minute, and you were worried we wouldn't have time to go to the sushi train. I was worried. You were worried. We had like 20 <laughs> minutes yep. to sit and eat. Yeah. Plenty of time in a sushi train, baby. This is an incredible story about a sushi train we can move on immediately I'm sorry I just wanted to let the people know that sushi train sushi hub on Swanson Street go support that business yeah yeah they seem to really be struggling they really need it (laughs) yeah Yeah. Uh, but then we went to see the show we went to the Butterfly Club yes in We Popped it Mm -hmm. was thronging with people very thronging busy it was a Monday. Yeah. Uh, so we went in everyone seemed to know each other which is always a terrifying foyer to walk into like uh, Jake did you know anyone in that foyer? Um, a few people yeah like I ran into Hayley yeah a few people not um, blonde Haley, who we've spoken about on this podcast. I did bring Haley together, but um, no, because I think it was like uh, at least this evening. I think it was a lot of VCA people that were there. Yes. Because, okay. I don't know. I guess because Finn and Lockie, I don't know them, but they're the sort of people. You know, how you have those people that you see on Instagram quite constantly for some yes. reason. Um, and they seem lovely yes. based on their purely their cyber presence and that's always and, a good presence to go by yeah and based on the people that seem to associate with them because they went to VCA right <laughs> I believe so yeah, this is all them. hearsay <laughs> this is all algorithms teaching me about these men good on you um, yeah so I think I don't know anyway yeah so Butterfly Club went inside sat the fuck down had yep. to very tactically choose our seats because of course I am still you know still sort of like vibrating with anxiety about my recent Butterfly Club experiences having been you know littered with audience participation threats yeah true <laughs> true true which this show was not devoid of uh, sure sure but this was like a, a level with which I was relatively like Cause, comfortable because as you say we tactically chose our seats we did but that's never a sure thing no is no it? famously not sometimes they t- you know the villainous ones they target the they people target that seem to bat, be hiding yes. which is such a mean thing to do they sat there for a reason. Absolutely. But, but though, <laughs> I do understand there is like this little segment of my mind that oh imagines God. to be the sort of artist that wants audience participants. And part of me is like, 
I find, and maybe this is a weird prejudice inside of me, uh-huh. if you are the sort of person to position yourself at the front of an audience bank because you want to be involved in the show... Oh, you are not the sort of person I would want to be involved in my show. Exactly. Yeah, I assume that we would it. not be friends, we would not get along, and I do not want to platform you yeah. because I feel like you would be irritated. I'd go with, like, the inner, the aisle seat of the third row, I think, is the sort of region I would go if I was going to drag people up for all yeah. participation. Aisle seat is good because then no one is getting trampled. They're yep. easily yanked up. Yep. The best outcomes are... I find is when, and this is coloured by a number of things, but when someone yanks someone out of an audience, the best outcome is always like a like a standoffish hot guy because he has the confidence of a hot guy, but he doesn't have the obnoxiousness of a theatre person. That's a really so good he'll point. do whatever you tell him to do. He'll have the swagger of a handsome man, and you get to look at a beautiful person. <laughs> and Getting that's... a lot of insights into Jake's <laughs> theatrical tastes. Yes. Yeah. Man, that's just my experience of seeing people yanked onto stage. They're the ones whose, who's, you know, input I value most. I want to hear about your experience of seeing people yanked on stage. Oh my god. Oh. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to Sexy Podcast. <laughs> um, the sexiest podcast in all of Podville. <laughs> Welcome to Podland. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. Yeah. Um, yeah and Lucky. A show Ken about me. It's a sketch show. It's a sketch comedy show. You're saying a skit show or a sketch show? I'm saying both because I'm not sure which one is the right term. Oh, sure. I think sketch comedy, it's a skit show because it's made up of skits. Is it made of skits or sketches? Both. It's made of both. Isn't it a skit? Do you have a clear understanding of what the difference is? No. Great. Do you? I know that SNL is a sketch show and they get really annoyed if you call it a skit show. Oh, why is that? I don't know, but they're really defensive about it. Okay. It's like a, like an understanding in the industry. Is skit maybe like more off the cuff? Um, maybe. So, like, an improv group would be doing skits? That actually makes more sense, because I think I've heard improv groups describing their things as skits. Okay. Maybe we've cracked it. Maybe. Sketch. It was a sketch show. Great. Of, 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 two, of Finn and Lockie. Great. Doing, doing sketch comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your experience with sketch comedy? Sketch comedy. Um, uh, comedy. Comedy. Mildly traumatic. <laughs> due primarily <laughs> to my, of course, due primarily to my relationships with the people creating the works. Uh-huh. Um, it's not a, like a genre that I gravitate towards. It's not your sort of thing, is it? It's not. And that's and that's not me thinking that it's like a bad type of theatre. Mm. I just find that my brain's not wired in a way to appreciate it to the extent that a lot of people seem to. It's, yeah. It seems like it's a mainstream taste that I think has definitely become more popular in the last decade, which is great for those types of performers. Yep. But it, it's it's a flavour of the, the time that I am just left out of. Totally, okay. It's, like, think, it's yeah. like, I don't know, in some ways it's similar to the Marvel Universe. I don't know how to participate <laughs> and I don't want to. That's fair enough, but you're happy that people like it. <laughs> of course! You Seem, it's a force for you good. You seem angry that people like the Marvel movies, though. I don't. I'm not, literally, I'm only angry about the Marvel movies, and for I've told you this good actors. because they distract good actors and get them trapped in the superhero but garbage. Really well written movies. I don't care. Okay. No, no. Because, yes, they are. No, the fact that they have Catherine Hahn, I have this nightmare. Catherine Hahn's in a TV show coming up soon. It, oh my god, the House of Harkness. Oh my god, if she that, plays an evil witch. Is this a Marvel thing? It's a Marvel thing. No, but that's the thing. If they, if there were like, if this, if the way that history unraveled happened in a slight different like sequence of events there could have been a world where Catherine Hahn never made Mrs. Fletcher one of the best TV shows ever made sure and that devastates me and it's very likely that something similar is actually happening happening to Elizabeth Olsen 
You know, maybe she's meant to be in amazing television, but instead she's WandaVision. You'll never... WandaVision... Okay, first of all, WandaVision is an incredibly well-written show. Yes, for dweebs! No, 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 (laughs) it deals with grief and emotional, like, loss and and all of that really well. And if she made a TV show about those exact themes, but she wasn't a sorceress? (laughs) I don't know what she is. A Scarlet Witch. A Scarlet Witch that was accompanying a robot man. If she were just Uh, in a show... A synthetic uh, humanoid life form. James... Uh, Moving on from from that side. So, Finn and Lucky. Lucky. We were talking about sketch comedy. Are you, sketch ready, comedy. Are you happy to? Unless you want to talk about sketch comedy. <laughs> no, I was just wondering if there was something else that we were going to say about that before we got sidetracked by Catherine Hahn and Elizabeth. Olsen. Well, you can always come back to it if you, if you think about it. Yeah, that's um, So the show starts. It does. And Finn comes out. Yes. And starts opening with, with what feels like very like conventional, charming stand up. And, and it's I, nice. Like, I knew nothing about the show going in, so I was yeah. fully prepared for it to just be just be Finn on stage. Totally. Yes. yes. Again, full blown stranger, but yeah, he seemed nice. Mm. Uh huh. And then And then But wait a minute. Oh. He's sing- he's talking about how it's his show, he's talking about how it's gonna be a good night, and yes. then along comes Lockie. Here he comes. Second handsome, stranger. Handsome, handsome Lockie handsome with his Lockie. gorgeous tattoos. Mm-hmm. I was obsessed. Yeah. Um along he comes. Out flumps through and starts the same sort of monologue, and mm-hmm. they do this fun overlapping bit of yeah. like they're both there to do their show. Uh-huh. They come to terms, mm-hmm. they reconcile. Yep, they're ready to do their show together. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, great setup, mm-hmm. great premise, and lovely rapport. Lovely rapport. I was going to say, watching this show was sort of like watching. They had this sort of chemistry and rapport that it just felt like watching your mates do a really funny show. Sure. Which was really nice and very impressive considering I don't know who these people are. Yeah. I've got no idea who they are, but I just felt very like, this is nice. It felt wholesome and nice. That's good that it felt nice mm. because even hearing you describe that, I think uh, the thought of seeing two people get on stage, like I think there's, whether or not this has happened to me recently or it's just happened in the past a number of times and it's so traumatizing that it just feels like it was recent. But the idea of people getting put on stage doing comedy, especially this type of what seems like very personal comedy, mm. And someone's up there just doing sort of a thing. Maybe this just sounds like really harsh criticism no. worded with too many words. No. But if it seems like it's just a person that someone told was funny yep. and now they're on stage doing it. Yes. If it just seems like it's the funny friend in a dull friend group yes. that was just, that has had the confidence to... Which we've like, seen a lot of those Oh shows. my God. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. No, no. Because, um, this wasn't that. No. Because as you say, it did feel like two of your friends doing a, like a show. Which is, I think, a really good skill But we don't have. know them. We don't know them at all. We're, yes. Yeah, and yeah, it yeah. wasn't the feeling of like, oh, these two? Who told no, these people no, to I get microphones? They had some really good... And like with all sketch bits, there were bits that didn't make me laugh and there were bits... That, <laughs> There's always going to be bits, sure. But, but they had more more sketches that I genuinely had a belly laugh at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and even saying that, like the, and I think is kind of makes or breaks sketch shows sometimes mm. is the pace of it. So it's like if something yes. isn't something you're super duper into, it'll be done in like 35 seconds. And that's the really good thing. They, I think they were really good at sort of like nipping it in the bud before the, a sketch got old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they quite often made a joke about how fast the transitions were, mm-hmm. which I was very thankful for because there's nothing worse than. I've seen, like, when you see a sketch show, they have to, like, stop and set up their next little sketch and then come on and do that little sketch. But this one, I think it was just, like, non-stop the entire way through. That's really funny. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. yeah. James Coloppi, who made that amazing show that I saw, Telly. Yes. He said, while he was, like, as I said, talking in his show about making a sketch show, he overestimated how much time he'd have to put into the transitions between each thing. Oh. Because he had all of these, like, like tech elements and, like, music cues prepared in order to fill the dead space between each thing. But he mm. was like, oh, you can just start the next thing. And then- yeah. And people will just keep up with people you. People will be fine. Yeah. And that, I think, is one of the great things about sketch comedy. It's so accessible. Mm-hmm. Because you just need, like, two or three people and just some ideas. And sure. you, you don't need all this fancy stuff to keep setting up the next bit. You just need, like, comic timing. You I need like, comic time? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Which, yeah, fortunately, yeah. these two guys these really, two really have. have. Yeah. Yes. Um, Favourite sketch, go. Favourite sketch. Ooh, my favourite sketch, I think. Um, 
I'm... Okay. <laughs> I guess my answer is when Lockie starts giving a PowerPoint presentation... <laughs> and it gets railroaded by the prevalence of, like, clip art, motion graphics, and meerkats. <laughs> And, no, the, I think the best part of that sketch mm. is Finn playing, I think it's a teacher. I think mm. it's a student doing a PowerPoint presentation for a teacher. Yeah. Is the best part of that whole sketch is Finn just sort of very straight-faced being like, as this PowerPoint gets progressively more and more insane with all these, like, <laughs> crazy transitions of these, like, meerkats, is Finn just going, yes, well, no, but why have you got that? No, that's not... Sorry, sorry, Lucky, are you actually... It was just... Perfection. Mm-hmm. That's a really good answer. Thank you. Solid answer. Mm-hmm. What's your answer? Well, it was gonna be the fucking meerkat PowerPoint, but oh, well. my <laughs> follow-up, which I did have prepared, because I knew you would say that, <laughs> okay. is absolutely the miming bit. I think they're doing like a, a, like a mock of an improv, and like yeah. Finn gets lucky in to do like, come and do an improv bit with me, and they're like, alright, we need a suggestion for anything, and someone shouted out, a park! Or like, I think Lockie shouted, a park or something. Mm. And it's like, alright, let's go, come on! And... <laughs> <laughs> and he's like alright and you're walking your dog you're walking your dog so Lockie starts minding walking your dog and then I think he just immediately goes this guy's gonna fuck his dog this guy's gonna fuck a dog he's trying to fuck a dog and it just kept being an iteration of that and he kept working that into it that made me laugh right so hard <laughs> because it was just so fucking dumb <laughs> and it was so good Oh my god. Help, he's gonna fuck a dog. It's just great. Anytime someone talks about fucking a dog, hilarious. Great. Yeah, yeah. I loved the way that they sustained the energy of the comedy of the entire thing. Yes. Like, which my, my brain wants to immediately go to, like, there was nothing, and this is again a taste thing, there weren't any sketches or anything that were contingent on people finding funny the amount of time something took to happen. Like, what, what do you mean? Like,. <laughs> And I get some people are into this. There weren't any seats, and it seems maybe stupid to talk about a show and then point out something that wasn't in there. <laughs> Go on, you're gonna do it, you brave bitch. Thank you. Yes, I'm very courageous. Um, yeah, Jonah Hill wasn't in it. I loved that about this show. <laughs> um, there was nothing in it that was like, oh, how funny it is to watch someone with like big foam gloves trying to pick up a pocket watch off the ground. Oh, that's. <laughs> Yeah, there were yeah. none of those moments. Yeah, okay. Because I just spend those things wanting to die, and and I think part of because again my cursory understanding of the process of making this show, which again is just based on like <laughs> the Chinese whispers of Instagram algorithms. <laughs> um, but it seems like it's a, been a show that's been in development for a little while just by virtue of lockdowns. Oh sure. And which, but I think has potentially really benefited the show because it means that everything that's been left in the show is something that they clearly, or at least what seems like, really really into, and that they are mm. really proud of and find fascinating. So it means that. It really at least feels like you aren't just watching a parade of half-baked ideas. That's a really good point. But it's a bunch yeah. of stuff that they have refined to a point where it's like everything seems like... Everything um, had had deserved a spot on the stage. It deserves a spot on the stage. Yeah. And, and yeah, and it's only the stuff... Which it felt like there's only stuff up there that they believe works mm. and stuff that they truly find funny and enjoy doing. Because throughout the entire thing, yeah. it seemed like they seemed excited to show us this funny thing they're doing. Yeah, 100%. There was also like... I think you agree that I, uh, being on stage, there's always the sort of it's it's really gratifying seeing actors sort of give themselves a little bit to the piece, mm. um, and they weren't strictly speaking like trying to be very serious professional actors on this sketch show, but sure. but like every now and again they would do a sketch, and as you commented earlier, um, outside of this podcast, we talk outside of this podcast sometimes. Now and then. Um, they that that so every now and again they do that sort of bit of that one hit a bit close to home yeah and even something like that it was sort of like this is there, there is a little part of them in what they're doing yeah like even that was sort of like just a really nice little touch mm-hmm. that I quite liked my my mouth is insisting on saying okay. just in the what you just said about 
the desire to uh, give of themselves. No. Um, and then just thinking about people on stage. I found something especially entrancing about the way... <laughs> Jake, you that... need to stop doing physical movement. Okay. You, you need to stop. Okay. <laughs> the physical movement is just for you, James. It's commedia de latte. You're doing a bit of, bit of harlequino. <laughs> bit of harlequino. Oh. <laughs> um, I really appreciated the way that Finn carries his body around. I like the way that it seems yeah. like the way that energy occupies his body... He seems to almost be animated by service to the things he's doing. Yeah, I don't no, know what totally, I'm saying. I, I know you exactly know? what you're trying to say. But the way that he's, he's, the, his muscularity seems to almost be puppeted, puppeted by his enthusiasm. Yes, he has a unique way of moving about that really... I think it complements... He and Lucky really complement each other quite well. Mm. In that, yeah, he's got that sort of... Almost, I would say sometimes almost skittish sort sure. of energy. Which, I, which translates really well to this sort of comedy. Mm-hmm. And Lucky's got that sort of... And, Lucky, if you're listening, I'm sorry, but lumbering oaf energy. <laughs> like, only insofar as, you know, like, like you, you look at him and you think, oh, Aussie bloke. Mm-hmm. That sort of energy. Which, sure. which, and those energies together just makes for, oh, oh, that's, oh, oh, that's, oh, oh, that's comedy. Great. Oh, oh good. You've yeah. got lumbering oaf energy, Jake. I'm aware that I have lumbering oaf energy. Lumbering ogre. Thank you, You're James. Welcome. Um, yeah. <laughs> sorry to end on that insulting everyone. No, that's note. fine. No, sorry, <laughs> Lockie. If that upset you, please get into contact with me. I have some coping mechanisms. For <laughs> you. Oh, oopsie Daisy. I dropped a thing, Jake. <laughs> yes, James. <laughs> did you see a show this week? I did see a show this week. <laughs> Why, my rapping compadre? <laughs> Go on. No, I've got, to, I've got to level with you here, listeners. I thought I had a really good intro. The intro was me just dropping something and saying "Oopsie Daisy," which right. is the name of the show. Which is the name of a show oh, right. that okay. I saw. You saw it. I did not. No, I went to the MC showroom again. Oh, it, the it, hole in the roof. The hole in the roof that you think exists, it's and there. I've seen no did evidence you look of. For the hole in the roof? No, I actually didn't well, look for this go. mythical hole you in the roof. You don't know that it's there. Though. Oh my god, it's like trying to see Federici's ghost with this like, hole I in the roof. I have seen Federici's ghost. A, a number of people have seen Federici's ghost. Yep, we don't talk about the ghost. No, and I believe more in the ghost than this hole that you keep insisting exists in the roof of the MC Federici's showroom. Federici's ghost is super real, so that's not really saying much. So you're saying the hole isn't real? The hole is real, but Federici's ghost is super real. So it's oh. like saying you don't believe in it as much as you believe in Federici's ghost is not a huge deal. I went to the MC showroom. I'm proud of you. Which continues to be a real place and not <laughs> a headbonk delusion. Do you have much to say about the foyer this time? <laughs> the foyer, the foyer. No, no, I was on the phone <laughs> the to a friend of mine, so I didn't, like, I was talking in the street on the phone for a while before going in and then talking to the very nice friend? box office man. Friend? Friend, I have friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to hide your jealousy. No, I will not. <laughs> um, oopsie daisy. Um, so I'm just going to make sure that I get this. So the name of the, the writer is Jason Economides. Um, who is also in the show. Oh, lovely. Um, yeah. Um, so, Oopsie Daisy. <laughs> um, it was a fun time. I, so, the premise of it is... So, the <laughs> show... Deep breath. The idea is, so it's set in... Yeah, it's set in a hospital. Okay? Medical backdrop. <laughs> and it begins. And it begins with... Um, <laughs> The lead actor, whose name is Daisy, so it's Nurse Daisy, and it's played by Annalise Knight, who's a delight. And oh. she wakes up in her morning and she starts dancing to a Megan Trainer song. Um, Great. Yes. Uh, it's Me Too, which I think after hashtag Me Too, 
is a loaded decision to make. It's, Did it's, she make that decision after the Me Too movement? Megan Trainer? Yeah. Oh, she released it before the Me Too movement. Okay, okay. Yeah. Just because uh, to then decide to make a song well, Me Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Especially because it was like she wanted it to happen. Like, if I was you, I'd want to... Oh, that song! <laughs> want yeah, to do Me Too. Definitely came out before. Yes. Yeah. Well, and it was also a song that Megan Trainer released and it was like she had really jumped the gun on trying to Beyonce herself in the way of being like, I'm fucking amazing. Yeah. Everybody loves me. It's like, Megan, we barely know you. <laughs> you can't already be hitting us with these songs about how much we want to be you. You ain't the queen, babe. Yeah, yeah, you jumped the gun, baby. Yeah, like Beyonce barely gets away with it. Like when she released that song, like bow down bitches it's like I don't know if we're ready for this but seemingly we were people care about Beyonce a lot I don't think she's for us um yes so yeah wakes up dances to me too uh, and we just established that she's like an upbeat lady arrives at the hospital where she works (laughs) and And can I just say this hospital is fantastic for a number of reasons first off I and I found this to be a charming thing. It doesn't seem like anyone's good at being a doctor or a nurse. As someone that works in a hospital, I've got to say, not far off the mark. <laughs> I joke. I joke. Go on. Um, yeah, but there's established to be like a hierarchy that exists. There's like a bunch of nurses. There's like one doctor and there, there's a receptionist. And that's kind of like the key players in this hospital, mm-hmm. like mural that gets created. Um, I'm just going to get these names. So uh, Chloe Blanche plays Roxanne, who's like a more competent nurse. And then there's, where are we? And then there's Rebecca Simmons, who plays Nurse Robin. I like Nurse Robin because she's only in the show, seemingly, like, she's kind of like the butt of maybe three jokes throughout mm-hmm. the entire show. Right. And <laughs> largely, it's, it's established very early on that she's a vegan and everyone hates her. <laughs> and there's like, and I like that we are still keeping alive this this anger towards the vegan community. Yeah, that's... It's very mid-2010s. But, but I like how old school it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's go after this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> she deserves it. Yeah, she deserves it. And then um, Desi Boyle. So he plays Dr. Michael. I had one of these pathetic, very Jake moments yep. of he came out to play this doctor and I was like, that man's beautiful. Yes. Good, there it is. <laughs> I'm glad you knew exactly what was yes, coming. Yes. So he comes out in his little like doctor outfit. Which would like, not have helped. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Part of what I love about his characterization and the way that his character has been written in is like, so there's the nurses, there's Daisy, who people find irritating because she's upbeat. There's a receptionist who I will get into later, but she's also wonderful. And they all kind of like start targeting sort of each other. They keep sort of like ripping each other apart in what? very, they just aren't very nice to each other. They're okay, very mean. Right, 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 right. And then Dr. Michael comes in and he's around as well. And he's a doctor. And it seems very obvious that he's kind of like a little bit like outranks them a little bit and that he's like making staffing choices and stuff. And that's how this the hospital hierarchy functions. Okay. <laughs> and I just find it really funny anytime that they like all the nurses would start like squabbling and insulting each other he'd sort of be part of the conversation too and I'd always be ready for him to be like guys calm down we're in a hospital stop yelling at each other about how much vegans suck but instead he's like yeah fuck you <laughs> <laughs> she does stink you suck he's like pretending to promote people and then being like lol <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's good <laughs> That's really funny. It's like, and it was just, I loved how no one seemed to be very interested in any medical care. or <laughs> And no one really ever said anything. Like, there wasn't even like a moment where someone said a medical term. <laughs> like, no one said cardiomyopathy. No one. <laughs> <laughs> does, is it... Jason, the writer. Yes. Is he? Does he work in a hospital? Is he like a medical person? Um. Oh, I have no fudging clue. Okay, right. I right, don't right. know. I'm just curious. I don't know. Yeah, Again, okay. charmingly, it does not seem as if he has any <laughs> medical training. <laughs> um, but I thought it was sweet. Um, 
Antoinette Davis plays the receptionist mm. at this hospital, and her whole shtick is like she loves to eat. Oh, okay. <laughs> loves to eat. She's sassy. She's lonely. Okay. <laughs> um, but she's fantastic. Like, the, like uh, this woman has such a delightful energy about her mm. in the way that like a lot of what she does, especially early on in the play, is just sit behind a desk and just say things. I think there's something that I've never really heard extensive conversation about. Something about ugh, the campness of, or the general appeal of, the character of like a funny woman who works at a reception desk that should be doing bigger, better things. Not that there's anything wrong with reception, mm. as you know. Thank you. Um, but there's an idea of like a wonderful lady being trapped behind a desk dealing with idiots all day. Oh yeah. That there's just almost like a campness to that situation and that character. Doll. What? I've got to tell you, as a wonderful, beautiful lady trapped behind a desk dealing with idiots all day, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's a very camp situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you're right. There is that. I think it's, it sort of goes hand in hand with like, um, what am I trying to say? Almost like that sort of unrealized potential fantastic woman in a role that is just dealing with idiots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, there's something always very comedic in that situation. Okay. That's all I have to say. Sure, no, you're looking at me like there's more. There's not more. There's no more. <laughs> sure, no. I guess I'm trying to pick up what is it about that, like that 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 stock character that is Commedia dell'arte. Il dottore. Everything comes back to Commedia dell'arte. It does come back to Commedia dell'arte. Well, yeah, no. Um, so, so what then proceeds to happen? El capitano is Sorry, so. No, that's okay. So, oh, oh, first, so I would just want to say that so Jason Economides, the writer, yes, um, is also in the show, yep. and he plays a character called Lenny Lynch. Lenny Lynch. The introduction of him is him. <laughs> so the the premise and the setup of the thing is like Lenny Lynch is a big sort of like pop star celebrity who used to be in a boy band and now is doing solo stuff, and <laughs> Daisy has been decided to be the nurse that will be working with him in this liver transplant that he's getting. Okay. Uh, so okay. and the explanation for this, which feeds into no one in this world being. Very very good at their jobs. Uh-huh. <laughs> the reason that Hot Doctor gives for making her the nurse is that she seems really enthusiastic and because they're going to get a lot of media attention for this surgery, they want the most upbeat nurse to be working on the surgery so that any TV representation of the of this celebrity dealing with the hospital seems like it, it, it paints the hospital in a positive light. That doesn't seem too far out out of the, out of reality, no, really. No, totally, yeah. yeah. But I just like the goofiness of that. That so is a goofy like, situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so, and then Lenny Lynch's introduction after, I love any time a play does the thing where they spend a lot of time building up a character before you get to meet them. Mm. Just a bunch of like scenes of people being like, oh my God, she's coming. Oh my God, she's on the way. Oh my God, she's always here. Yes. So he comes out and then does this like full musical number to Kesha's (laughs) Gold Trans Am. One of her best songs that no one talks about. Can you hum a bit of it or sing a bit of it? Come on, climb into my golden carpet. <laughs> Wanna take you for a freedom rock. That song. Okay, don't go too much more. We'll get copyrighted. <laughs> Indeed. But that song. So okay. comes out, sings that entire number, and then brings with him, like, a lisping assistant and, like, a bodyguard and stuff. So he's also got... The, the cast in the show is so sprawling. Not to jump all over the place. There's so many people. Like, just when I yeah. thought we'd met all the characters, we get into, like, what is, like, the, the, the sort of, like, the midpoint of all the, the things that happen in this story. Yeah. And we still meet his soap opera parents and we still meet two bumbling detectives. Like people just keep getting (laughs) wheeled out into this show and it's heaven. I love that. That's great. Um, Yes. 
So Lenny Lynch comes in and he's going to get a liver transplant. Doesn't know that part of the transplant is going to involve getting cut open. So has a freak out about that. Like these are the sorts of things that are occurring. Cool. Um, yeah. So then Daisy gets signed onto the surgery. The surgery happens. There's a risk of Lenny Lynch going into a coma. That then, that then proceeds to happen. And then while she's caring for him while he's in a coma, she accidentally trips over a cord and unplugs his life support machine. Uh-huh. And so then Lenny Lynch dies. And then Daisy's like, oh no. <laughs> no, no, no. Oopsie. Oopsie. Ah. Oopsie, says Daisy. So Oopsie accidentally kills this pop star who's recovering from a liver transplant. Is this, a, this isn't a spoiler, is it? No, this is the premise. Like, this, this is, is the premise. This is all in the synopsis. Great, that, great, great, great. That, that I read when I was buying the ticket very enthusiastically. Perfect. Based on this premise. Of course. Um, and then, yeah, so trips on the cord, kills Lenny Lynch. She's like, oh no! <laughs> killed Lenny Lynch! <laughs> and then uh, Roxanne comes in. Um, the other nurse, the more competent nurse, and she's like, Daisy, literally, what the fuck have you done? And she's yeah. like, ah! And then Roxanne <laughs> is like, and this is where I love the piling on of confusing stakes. And so then, because Roxanne was responsible for training Daisy as a nurse, yep. Daisy's like, if I go down for this, you go down for this because you trained me. So if I'm right. incompetent, you're incompetent. Right. And then they're like, what are we gonna do? And then, in one of the best pieces of, like, I don't know, decision making in the piece that I got really into because it was so funny okay. <laughs> is Martha the receptionist comes in oh, good. and then displaying this wonderful actor's capacity to perform comedy it's like she comes in and is like what's happened <laughs> seeing this like dead celebrity on the ground these two nurses freaking out and they tell her what's happened and then she's like <laughs> without like missing a beat her advice is you've got to run away <laughs> <laughs> Incredible thinking. Just run away. So fucking good. <laughs> oh, you've, oh, you've got to go. <laughs> and then these two nurses are like, great point. We're absolutely doing this. <laughs> um, and so then, then what happens? And this, I need to talk about the confidence necessary. And it's a confidence that I, I, I guess I aspire to, but I feel we'll never have. The confidence that Jason has had yep. to write himself into this show where he plays like a beautiful- A sexy pop, like that's interesting. Plays like a, yeah, a, like a sexy beloved celebrity. Yeah. And then what he does, so dies obviously. Yep. And then writes into the script that he gets stuffed inside of a large, you know those big bears you can buy at hospital gift shops? <laughs> yeah. So they hollow out one of those and put Lenny Lynch <laughs> inside the teddy bear. Yeah. Which of, like, of course essentially means he no longer has to be on stage because they're just going to carry this teddy bear around pretending he's inside of it. Okay. Which means he no longer has to be on stage. What a confident what move. A confident <laughs> big brain move. That's great. Yeah, I just thought that was, yeah. That, that's really That funny. was fine work. But yeah, no. So yeah, this, what, yeah. So then it's just like a series of hijinks. It almost becomes like a road movie where they are trying to like outrun weekend the law. Weekend at Bernie's sort of situation. A little weekend at Bernie's, like it does turn into that sort of midway through when they start having to like make other choices and people have to, you know, yeah. see this corpse that the they're carrying on. around. Yeah. Um, but, it, but it even like, I like it even just the moments of, almost accidental seeming absurdity where it's like, it's not clear what the plan is. So they get in the car with his bear. They start driving away from the police and they even start having a conversation about like, what is, what are where, we are we, where are we going? <laughs> and then <laughs> they, des- they describe the plan as being like, we're just going to keep driving until they forget about this. <laughs> it's like, babe, that's, <laughs> I don't know if that's not how that works. There are people whose job it is to not forget about this. <laughs> <laughs> and also roads can only go so far. <laughs> show is so goofy and I was that just really into it I love the yeah I love the idea of what do we do now yes <laughs> <laughs> it's like well they just told us to run away and we just did it we just did it <laughs> that's great yeah um, I just want to yeah also just point out uh, I want to point out Diana Lechik who plays Carly Cox who is just like this like this like Cox. Long, just like oh, 
stunningly beautiful woman plays this like long supermodel creature mm. that just hangs around like leeching off Lenny Lynch's money the entire time. Yeah. She just knows. Yeah. Again, it's just a really, really funny lady who was just like this, like surprising, like she could have just come across as a very like vapid Instagram idiot. Yeah. But yeah, just know like as it became more and more obvious throughout the show, uh, just knows how to add comedy to a scene really yeah, nice. effectively and knows how to use, cause she's just got this like, yeah, like really beautiful, engaging body and her physicality. Like even thinking about the way Finn behaves, like Carly has her own style of like yeah. knowing exactly what her body's doing and doing it in a really fantastic. Oh, it's so nice watching a performer that's just so in touch with how they present themselves on stage. Totally. And how to make that work. Yeah. 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 And also, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. There were a lot of really bold Character decisions because even the woman playing Bethany, who was playing the, Bethany. Like, Bethany, the uh, Scarlet Haberfield, playing the assistant, uh, like Lenny Lynch's assistant, just has this I hope pretend lisp. Because <laughs> <Don't laughs> say that, my, Oh, no, just because if it's her real speaking voice, it seems like it's a real difficult. <laughs> it's charming, but it's a lot of lisping. It's a lot of. <laughs> <laughs> what's, her, what's her name? Uh, Scarlet Haberfield. Haberfield, if you're listening to this and you actually do speak like that, I apologise. Yeah, no. On Jake's behalf. I guess I didn't even consider that it could have been real. It was just People a very... sometimes speak like that. Yeah, no, but it was just a very dense lisp, and I love a lisp. Scarlet, lisp. if it's real, keep it. <laughs> Scarlet. Scarlet. I used to have a lisp. I had to go and see a, a speech pathologist, which is a phrase that has way too many th in it. That's true. Yeah, I used to say my ass is out the side of my mouth like this. Oh, kind of like Drew Barrymore. Yeah, yeah, kind of like Drew Barrymore. Mm. Um, I, I definitely want to also flag that there's a wonderful dance musical sequence oh. uh, called This Bussy Drips Gold. Oh, <laughs> of course it is. Truly a great song. <laughs> is it an original song for the show? I think so. Yeah, nice. Yeah, no, it was really, really fun. Which and character does, th what, what prompts that number? Um, I don't want to spoil anything. Oh, okay. But yeah, the character performs it. This Bussy Drips Gold. This Bussy Drips Gold. And like the whole cast is involved with the... This amazing thing kept occurring where anytime that there was a musical number, everyone's characters became irrelevant and they were just there to be dancers. Yeah, good. Yeah, good. But they still dressed as their characters? Absolutely. Or... <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Everyone had to like de-roll and just become dancers. <laughs> but really yeah, no, phenomenal. But it was also great to see it's that thing too of like you're seeing these people that are like playing like middle-aged women or like like adult doctors, but then you also realize, oh, these are also just like actors that are in Melbourne currently and really good at dancing. Yeah, nice. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Um, and I also just want to say, I loved how often the solution to any of the hijinks that were occurring, the, the plan to escape anything that was happening was often making a distraction. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Yeah, like, oh, I'll do this and that will throw them off. And here I go and do my big silly thing. Yes. <laughs> and then we'll run away. <laughs> I just, I love that mindset. It's a, it's a, it's a great moment. It's yeah. a great, great way to get out of problems. <laughs> um, yeah. In a lot of ways, this was a road story, which is not what I expected. Mm. Um, I expected it to be set in the hospital entirely. Yeah. I was ready for it to be like them keeping, keeping his body looking alive. Sure. Yeah. No. And it was nice because we didn't lose the hospital the whole time because we kept flashing between like their dramatic road trip and then coming back to the hospital and oh. seeing what all of the doofuses were still up to back there. Oh, that's fun. Because like detectives arrive and they're terrible at their jobs. And then like Lenny Lynch's parents turn up and they're soap opera stars. And so, yeah, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on. Great. So you, you never get bored. <laughs> <laughs> There's always doofuses around. Chew on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, nice, nice. Um, yeah. And just as far as road movies, whenever road movies come up, I just always feel the need to mention the fact that Magic Mike 2 is much better than Magic Mike 1. Is Magic Mike 2 a road movie? Magic Mike 2 is a road movie and people never talk about it in, in that way. Channing Tatum has the worst teeth I've ever seen. Worst teeth? Okay. Have you seen his teeth? No. Nah. 
Not to be a huge name dropper here, Do it. but I was working a function at my old job where Channing Tatum came to promote yeah. Magic Mike. Okay. And I was in the corridor. Oh, Magic Mike, the live experience. The live experience, yeah, yes. Sorry, they, the live show. And Channing Tatum walked past me in the corridor and I saw his teeth because mm-hmm. he was smiling. Yeah. Because like, <laughs> of something you said. Because I made him laugh. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, so he said something and he... he I don't... <laughs> I didn't say anything. I walked past him in the corridor. Yep. He happened to have his mouth open. <laughs> sure. Everyone listening... Google image Channing Tatum smile or Channing Tatum teeth right now. Yeah. It is horrible. What sort of horrible? Let me show you. <laughs> but also describe it. <laughs> snaggle. 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 What does that mean? Like they're crooked, like, they're like, a, crooked. like a, if you drop a deck of cards. Exactly. That's exactly it. Let me, let me find this for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've just found a picture of Channing Tatum's teeth. I'm going to show Jake. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yep. Oh, yeah. They've all got like individual characters. Like... That's interesting. He has so much money. Like, look at that. That's interesting. Yeah. They're worse in person, too. Like, they're, they're at angles. Yeah. Oh. Anywho. That's my, that's my review on Channing Tatum's teeth. He was so beautiful in Step Up. I think I was at the right age. Like, you know those people... I didn't see any of the Step Up movies. You're the person that you were, like, so young. Obviously, being gaybos. Mm. Like, when you're really young and obviously, like, so porous and so, like, ready to be overwhelmed by anything. Do you remember, like, the first guy that you saw and you're like, that's Pretty the most... Bad. Peter Pan. Peter Pan. In the live action. Oh, Jeremy Sumpter. Jeremy Sumpter. Peter yeah, Pan. and it just hit you so hard. I was like, yep. how can someone this beautiful exist in and the it didn't world? Help that he was dressed in vines. Vines. And like it's a, a sexy fairy. outfit. <laughs> I mean, he's a child in the movie now, mm. but at the time, oof, that, yeah. that was it for me. That okay. was my Channing Tatum. Sure. Because yeah. I had like a low grade Channing Tatum. I remember I wasn't really like into him, but I remember seeing him in Step Up and being like, that guy's super beautiful. Oh, sure. I didn't yeah. know they could be that beautiful. Yeah, no, mine was Jeremy Sumpter. Yeah, I think mine was Hugh Dancy in Ella Enchanted. Oh, that's a very, that's a very charming response, isn't it? It's a very like sophisticated man. Mm. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. No, mine was more Jungle Boy. Oh yes, yeah. mine was more of yeah Hugh Dancy before he did Hannibal. I always forget that he, I I always forget that Hugh Dancy is the lead in Hannibal. Yeah, <laughs> that's always like um, still so handsome. So oh, arguably more handsome in that. Oh my god, in those glasses and those he's glasses like and taking in dogs. Hair. Yeah, in that cabin in the woods. Oh my god. Oh uh, my god. Even just the way those glasses sit on his damn face. And that facial hair. Oh my god. Hugh Dancy. And he's I just so the... troubled. Okay. Oh, that affects Hugh Dancy. Okay, well on that eloquent note, Take let's care. let's wrap up this segment. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Okay, Amazing. so that's that's another episode of Praise Dionysus. Praise Dionysus. Praise, Praise him. him. Oh, what a, what a guy. What a hot, drunk twink. Uh, maybe we have different images of who Dionysus is. And maybe is. you're allowed to have different images of who Dionysus is. Maybe that's the message of today's episode. Or it's not at all. Or, and that leads us on to, we probably don't agree with any of the things we've already said. Yes, we may already disagree with a bunch of stuff we just said. So don't hold us accountable. Don't take us to court. No, don't do that. No. Um, also, email us anything that you want to email us or like mm. DM us on Instagram. I hate saying DM out loud. Hey, DM us. Oh, message us Come on, on Instagram. Bam. Um, and yeah, we're praisedionysis at gmail.com and we're just praisedionysis on Instagram. Yep. Um, let us know if you're doing a thing you want us to come and see. Give us tickets to it and we will talk about it. And anything else, James? Friends, don't let friends become theatre critics. Friends, don't let friends I nailed that become theatre critics. They don't do it. You they don't it. do it. And if they do, what do they do, Jake? What? If they do become theatre critics, what do they do? If if your friend, becomes, if your friend a the- becomes a theatre critic, what do you do? You slap him. Shoot him in the yeah. head. You shoot him in the head. Yeah. Promoting violence on this podcast. Have a great day, everyone. <laughs> uh, love you. <laughs> Miss you. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>